0: Thank you for listening to the Football Index Edge daily podcast. In today's episode I was joined by Matt Dix and also Football Index Moneyball for a podcast which involved talking about not getting the attached to holes, talking about how to value players on Football Index, how to find value on Football Index, and with it being a three-man podcast, there is a question about three men in particular, but we'll get onto that later in the episode. If you do want more analysis, more data in particular, and a way of finding valuable players, then do sign up for FootballIndexEdge.com and you can grab, uh, grab yourself a two-week free trial on there, so yeah, help yourself to one of them. Um, enjoy the episode and have a great rest of your day hello and welcome to episode three of the index edge podcast we've got a very special one tonight with two guests kevin and matt both returned they were both on i think last week so welcome to the podcast gentlemen um how has your weekend been
1: well mine was a little bit iffy because i watched the city lose to north Cardiff um so that that ruins yesterday for me. Uh, today's been today's been a little bit better, but yeah, wasn't wasn't a great start to the weekend.
0: And <laughs> Bristol and Cardiff like proper rivals.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, since I've been supporting them, I think I've seen us play Bristol Rovers twice, but I've probably seen us play you know home and away to Cardiff. I don't know, 10, 20 times. We've yeah. been in the same league as them a lot more. So yeah, it's it's. The Rovers is the big rivalry, but Cardiff has certainly been the ones that we've played most recently, um, and it gets it gets very tasty.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's never nice to lose in a in a derby. I mean, I was expecting Wednesday to be playing Sheffield United next season because we were doing all right at the start of the season, picking up a few points here and there. Uh, we had like a points deduction in Sheffield Wednesday, and Sheffield United were just doing absolutely terribly. And then they've had an absolute... They've just gone on some crazy form last couple of games. Now it's looking like Sheffield United have a chance of actually staying up. Meanwhile, Wednesday, we've got beaten by Millwall yesterday 4-1. Looks like we're heading off to League One, so it doesn't even look like we're going to have any any uh, derby next season anyway, uh, which is a bit grim. Yeah, championship football life for you. Anyway,
2: how's, how's your weekend been, Kevin? I mean, it wasn't ideal yesterday with United, but it's... Uh... City beat local, which is, even though Man City, obviously, I'd much rather see uh, Liverpool lose than City, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and then Barrow's come yeah. into first place, so that's, uh, that's big news for me, as everyone who listens probably knows.
0: Yeah, I think
2: um, someone put in the Discord straight away, they was like,
0: oh, Moneyball's going to be pretty happy, because uh, Barrow's just scored two goals, and it was in the first half. Yeah, he's on a 2-3-2 at the moment, up 17%. I actually hold a few hundred off him myself as well. Uh, so really hope he holds on, but we've got like Messi and Neymar tonight. So,
2: yeah, well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. News,
1: the big news, it doesn't look like Messi's starting. It looks like it's a front three of Braithwaite, Dembele and Griezmann.
2: Oh, so, really? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Someone's just put the, that team in the, in the Discord, um, Steve-O. And yeah, it doesn't look like Messi's starting and the rumour is that Neymar might be on the bench. So all three yeah. of us might be quite happy with a barrel win.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Are you on him as well then?
1: Yeah, only because of you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, again, I've, I've been listening to you guys since since I started, and you guys obviously have talked about him quite a lot. So I think one of the, I bought him before I even knew who he was, who he played for, just from listening to you guys. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been he's been a, a, an interesting hold, interesting hold.
0: Yeah, I think um, the thing is with Birow is. He doesn't tend to hit high scores very often, but he has got peak scores in him. So, like today, scoring a brace is going to result in a pretty high peak score. And like a 2-3-2 is not a bad score at all. Um, Yeah, he's definitely in with a chance. And I guess you have quite a high upside as well. If he was to move to a better side in the future, then he's going to be hitting much better scores because Bologna aren't like the best team in Serie A, far from it, and he is still only 21. So... I do think those players, sort of in that, in that under one pound bracket, who do have the ability to hit scores 200 plus, they hit a good peak score and the market's moving. Like if Barrow had of hit his score last week, I reckon he's rising like 30, 40%. It's, it's all about timing as well with how the players' scores
2: um, correspond with the sentiment in the market. Yeah, and like we were saying yesterday, though, I, I'm not interested in selling Barrow anyway, so I just want him to win divs. Um, his price is going to go up and down, and if it goes down low enough, I'll buy more. I don't think I would sell really unless it went to like a crazy price at this point. But, um, this would be, I think, his third or fourth. I think it's his fourth. This would be his fourth top forward win, which is pretty impressive, I think, considering how old he is. And also, like, I watch him play for Bologna, and he creates so many chances that people fluff, and he gets such terrible service. So, if he did move, then it would, uh, I mean, Bologna, to be fair, are actually improving, They've, they make some good signings and they've got some good young players, but I do find that when I watch, I, like he should have so many assists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting that you say that, because I do think like this is the index edge podcast, I guess now, uh, but like, it's not just about the data. Like if you, if you watch a player and you've seen him yourself, like he's creating these chances for teammates that aren't always finishing, then you literally have an edge on the rest of the market. And because the market is quite thin now. And as we were saying yesterday, there probably isn't that many traders on here. You're like having a quite a significant edge in watching that game because the chances are there's probably not that many other football index traders watching Bologna tonight, especially when Liverpool were playing Man City at the same time.
2: Yeah, I watched like at half time, I turned it on and it, I saw Barrow had scored the first, and then I saw him score the second at half time because I watched the first half of the Liverpool game and then I watched, I turned it back to the Liverpool game until it went 3 1, and then uh, I went back to Barrow. Yeah. I was really annoyed they subbed him off with 10 minutes to go. I was like, who subbed the striker on two goals with 10 minutes to go? <laughs>
0: I know. I was so close to buying a Premier Sports a subscription just to watch the last 20 minutes of watching Barrow. And <laughs> it would have been like a tenner as well. Um, i refrained from doing so, very fortunately. But if I had have done, I would have been fuming. Like, literally bought that and then it gets subbed off. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll watch the Chelsea game tonight. And I watched the Liverpool City game. And I thought it was quite an interesting game. Like, Phil Foden really stood out for me, but... And I bought some actually following that game, uh, but I still don't think he's actually got that great potential of earning dividends on Football Index because his PB performance, like his PB is just not that great. Like, I think someone said he only completed like around 20 passes or so. So, yeah, he's like an unbelievable player. Like, that ball in for the free kick where they scored from and it was offside was like an incredible ball. The goal was absolutely insane. He had a really great performance, but... In terms of the football index hold, I'm still not 100% convinced, despite buying him. I feel like I'm buying him more for speculation that other traders will buy him. Uh, but the other thing is, like he said recently that he wants to stay at Man City for the rest of his career. And I just think, in terms of media dividends, he will struggle. Even though he is in that England side, just playing at Man City, he's not going to gain that much in media. But I'd be interested to hear both of your thoughts, actually, on Phil Foden.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, Foden was going to come up with one of the questions, actually, that we had later on about um, trades, because I picked him up when he was £2.99, when the market was really bad, Um, and he got to a fiver and I sold him because I just don't see him returning five quid over three years. Personally, like you said, I think he's a great player, but I haven't seen enough from him in terms of PB that makes me think that he is going to regularly put in the two fifties, two eighties to win gold days. Um, especially in that Man City side, especially when Pep's there with the rotation. It, it, if would any of us be surprised if Foden didn't start the next game? No. No, I don't think any no. of us would be. And I don't, think i can hold a player at five quid that percent sure is going to start every every single game so um i, I took the profit on him and uh, looking at his price now you can buy back in for around four quid maybe but i i'm still not sure yet i'm still mm. not sure on his price
2: what's your thoughts yeah. Gavin? well i think like i i disagree i think foden's gonna be well I, I don't disagree with not buying him like i own some foden i don't think he's gonna win dividends in the next like year that much he could like he definitely has he's won dividends before and he can score good scores to get the dividends but I don't think he justifies his price right now but I feel like he potentially could be a Ballon d'Or winner I feel like he might be the best player one of the best players England's ever produced if if he keeps going the way he is and I feel like at some point he's going to take over penalties and free kicks Uh, and I think that's when things really change but is that going to be in the next three years probably not if you know if he doesn't start kicking on and winning some PB in the next three years, is his price going to go up or down? I don't really know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he's,
2: um, I feel like if he was 22, 23, and he still hadn't proven that he was you know, the next big thing, that doesn't mean he's not going to be it. It just means that people will start getting impatient and start selling. Um, yeah. And you know, De Bruyne is out now, and I felt like he was going to maybe step up more with De Bruyne out and go the gang instead. And like you say, he's not, he's not going to play every game. They've got a lot of other good players and they could go out and sign Oyazabel um at the end of the season. And then he's not going to be taking penalties and free kicks or corners and stuff anymore. So or he might not be potentially. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I do think I think he's going to be world class. It's just, do I want to pay five pounds now? Just like you say, I don't think he's gonna anywhere near justify that price based on dividends. So you're relying on um the, the player's price going up. But that that was a, a use, that was a good tactic in the past. It works, you know, and and I think that about almost every young player who's over a pound, really. I feel like a lot of them don't justify the price based on dividends, it's all about the future potential of them to earn dividends. And so, yeah, it's not my strategy. And that I own a little bit of voting that I think I got for about two quid, and I'm, I'll just keep holding it for interest. But
0: yeah, I think a lot of uh, the, the, opinions that we're kind of agreeing on here when it comes to Foden is that you kind of are yeah you're just buying for his longer term career dividends rather than his dividends over the next three years and so that ties into how confident you are in Football Index just as a company in the future and 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 if you really back Football Index to succeed as a as a company and to grow and dividends to increase and so on then Foden is undoubtedly one of the best players on the platform because he's already got all of the ingredients to become one of the best players in the world. And he's English as well, playing in the Premier League for the best team in the Premier League. Um, And that kind of leads us on to a good question here. Um, This was for Matt um, in the Discord. I think Chris asked it. He said, um, so you mentioned last week on the podcast about Football Index just coming in and making some improvements to the platform. Um, And what do you think like the the next two announcements or little improvements could be to football index.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I came on last time, God, and the market changed in a week as much. So yeah, I was saying that I hope that they kind of keep the momentum going in, in, Mike's got, say like a list of 10 things that he just wants to implement, implement very, very quickly to keep the positivity going. Um, the top two that would be on my agenda would be multiple bids with the same cash. It just, it just helps liquidity. Everybody everybody knows it. I don't think it would be that hard to do. Um, and the other thing, just quick and easy, just make team of the month dividends, is, is dividends is not unknown cash. Mm. That is just such a... Everybody will like that. And that will go down so well. I know it's not going to you know turn this sentiment in the market and make it less volatile. But it is such a quick, and easy win for him just to tick off, to keep people happy and keep people saying positive things about the the platform. Um, So if I was in charge, those would be the two things I would want to be coming out next month.
0: Yeah, very, very solid answers. Um, Anything else that footballing
2: nets could do, Kevin? I think the other thing that I would want to see is expiry dates. Um, (laughs) And and, and there is one thing that really annoys me about a player. So when you buy a player on football index, you might buy and sell them a few times. And when you sell a player, the dividends total for that player doesn't change. So you don't actually know per share how much you won, which yeah. is pretty annoying because it's like, I want to know what my return is on this player. Not like I had a thousand and now I've got a hundred and it says I've made like five times the amount I've paid <laughs> in dividends, but that's not accurate, you know? Yeah, no, that is a, a frustrating one.
0: I've currently got, I think, only 10 Bruno Fernandes, but apparently I've earned 150 something pounds on those 10 shares. That's what it looks like anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, it does frustrate me. Um, all right, here's a few questions here from uh, Steve in the Discord. And the first one is, do we have any tips on not getting overly attached to our holds?
1: Um, I don't, no. I, I actually don't think it's a huge problem, with, with, with some players anyway. There are some players in my port that I absolutely love for no real reason other than the fact that they've won me dividends before, and I enjoy watching them play. That is half of the fun of football index. As long as it doesn't cloud your your judgment, sometimes. I, again, I think Tom in the Discord, you you know, were a prime example. When Sancho got up to nine quid, you got rid of him. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't because I. I love watching Sancho. I think he's he's a brilliant player. So it didn't even cross my mind to sell him. And now I'm looking at him thinking I probably should have took some of that profit now. Yeah. Um, but I'm also okay with that. That's not that doesn't that doesn't bother me. I think as long as it doesn't cloud what you want to do over the short medium term for whatever however long you want to hold that player, I don't see it as a problem. I think it adds to the platform. There are other traders on. Twitter that don't look at a player like that. They look at them um, as, as a trade, don't they? They look at them to make money. And, that, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, do that. But I personally don't see it as an issue if it doesn't affect your ability to make good decisions. Interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, well, what's your opinions on this, Kevin? I think that I do agree that there's nothing wrong with being attached to a player because it isn't, you know, the, the, game, the aim of the game is not purely to make money. Obviously, people want to make money. But for me, especially, like I've definitely, the one thing that I've learned from all the drops is that I enjoy this platform a lot and, and it's not just about the money. Like I, I wasn't, I'm not devastated that, it, that it's gone down and I think it's going to go back up, but if it didn't, I would still keep playing. You know, I, I like the, the game that they've invented, you know what I mean? But if like, if you do want to kind of check yourself from being attached to a player, the best thing to do for me is to research similar players in the same age range who play the same position, <clears throat> and do like a price comparison and say, okay, this player costs X, this player costs X. This is how much I forecast they're going to win in PB. This is what I forecast they're going to win in dividends. Here's the data to back that up. Um, is it justifying holding this player still? And there was sometimes like, you know, I think selling Sancho when he went hit 15 pounds was not a bad idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting that you say that because that was something that you used to do a lot in your player tips. So, unlike most traders, when you would tip a football index player for whatever reason, you'd always back up all of your analysis and research into that player's stats by comparing them to similar players with similar prices, and, you know, similar age, and so on. And then you'd be able to find reasons for why your player was actually better than those alternative choices. So, that is quite a good idea, actually. Um, yeah, my, my opinion on this is that holding a player um, and getting attached to them is a very easy thing to do. And it can be enjoyable. Like you've mentioned how you're holding Barrow, you don't really care too much about his price fluctuations because you want the dividends and you know that he's a viable player and that longer term, he's probably going to rise. Um, but when I was reading like quite a few psychology books around six months ago, I did come across this term called the endowment effect. And it's basically just this like psychological bias where you're more likely to hold something you already have, then something, then the same thing when you don't have it, um, which can definitely apply to football index and holds on football index. So what I'd say is to just maybe check up on your player and think, right, would I still buy this player at this current price? And I think you can apply that to so many situations. So if you've got Sancho at £5 and then he rises to £10, ask yourself, would I still buy Jaden Sancho right now at £10? Or am I only holding him because I hold him? And if you think that money's better elsewhere, get rid of Sancho at £10 and buy another player. Um, and that's a bit, my, my answer is basically the same for the next question, which is when to hold and when to sell. Um, so I've already kind of answered that with my last answer, really. Uh, but do you guys have any additional thoughts on when to hold a player and when to sell that player as well?
1: It's the toughest question on the index, isn't it? Um, for me, my kind of port is is split into a few what, like different categories. So I've got some players that um i buy and then i instantly put up for sale so i did it with um mares um when they did the um, match Day extras announcement i bought him he had a great game and he sold for i don't know 30 40 percent profit i didn't you know i didn't want to hold him i've got some players like we talk about sancho barrow i'm not really concerned about what they do over a weekend i want to hold them um long term so i just i just split my my port up into different categories of players that i'm not interested in price fluctuations ones that i'm happy to buy uh, and get rid of and um ones that you know i'm holding for for the super long term so yeah that's that's the way that, that i i manage it
2: gonna weigh in there kevin um for me i think can you repeat the question again i, I just want to because there's two questions that are similar and i, I just want <laughs>
0: Yeah, so just when to hold and when to sell a player on Football Index.
2: So for me, this is similar to, there's another question. It's something like, what's the criteria you have for buying a player? And I only have one criteria for buying players. Are they undervalued? And I only really have one criteria for selling. Well, I, I suppose I have two reasons. I think I made a video on selling and there was three reasons I gave for selling. And the one is, are they overvalued versus what you expect them to perform at? The second one is Is there somebody else who you feel is better value, even if this player is still good value? Like this morning, I have quite a bit of Jonathan Panzo, who plays at Dijon, and I bought him ages ago. He's a young player, so I don't mind holding him. But I noticed that Kimpembe was 34p and someone was offering 39p to buy Panzo. So I just sold him, and bought Kimpembe, because I was like, I think that's a better deal. Yeah. I can't remember what my third reason was now, but it, that, that's basically how I do it.
0: Yeah, basically just checking whether they're. Overvalued, or whether you think there's better value elsewhere.
2: Um, Oh, yeah. The third reason that I gave in the video was if you need the money. Mm. Like, if you need the money, you just got to find the player you feel is the most overvalued and then try and sell them. It doesn't matter if you think they're going to go up or down, or if you think, you know, there's still good value. If you need to get the money out, you've just got to get rid of someone. Yeah. That's a great point, to be honest. And it's not really spoken about that
0: much, but like, I do feel over the last couple of years, a lot of people probably did maybe expose themselves in terms of putting in a lot of money into the football index and yeah, if if you need that money, you you need to get out of it and some people are going to have to just take a loss and like the prices now are nowhere near what they were in like February 2020, like 12 months ago Um, so people are going to be taking losses but if you need the money then you've got to do it really Um, and it's a frustrating thing but it just has to be done Um, but yeah, when to hold, when to sell, I think it's just a case of looking at that player would you buy them are they overvalued are they underpriced just kind of try and make a decision as objectively as possible um and maybe pretend you don't hold that player your thing is maybe just like and this this is a little bit of a separate point to yours about just like how you value them but i think you do have to also take into account just the sentiment in the market like upcoming fixtures form maybe transfer, just kind of the general sentiment. Um, But I guess if there is sentiment in the market, that's going to have an impact on other players' prices. And so that does tie into your point about comparing player prices as well.
1: Um, So, yeah. It's a hard one, isn't it, for people in the moment, because over the last what week, you've probably seen, or two weeks, you've probably seen Sancho as low as £5 and as high as £9. So it, it is, at the moment, one of the hardest things to know when to hold and when to sell. So it, it really does just back up that, that idea that you have to have a, a bit of a clear plan of what you really do value a player and how much you think he's going to win and what does he mean to your port and, you know, all of the things that you think are going to happen, if, if, if there's a massive price uptake, does that change what you really think about that player? Is it like me with Foden? I was very happy to buy him at £2.99 and very happy to hold him at that price. But as soon as he went up to five quid, I got rid of him. Now, he could have, if the sentiment had continued, he very, you know, he might have got back up to the ten quid that he was last year when it was absolutely mad. But I was very happy to take that profit then and there because I knew that that's what I valued. I valued him at less. And I think that in this market where we're seeing such big swings and such big um, price changes, just make sure that you've got a good idea of what a player is worth. And if he hits that, just, just get rid of him because you, you've always got the opportunity to buy back in in the future. If things change or the, you know, we, we've got I don't know, market makers and more liquidity or they you know, change the media monitor or whatever and you've got brand new information, you can buy back in. That doesn't mean you're a bad trader that doesn't mean it at all um so yeah it's just it is tough it is it is a good question because it is probably one of the hardest things in in the market right now
0: yeah i think so um the other thing i'd say is just to generally avoid trying to be like a perfectionist that's something i'm definitely guilty of in the past because it's so hard to execute a trade perfectly like i was A bit down with myself the other day when I sold Sancho at £8.20 when he was rising and he ended up winning Starman matchday dividends on a gold day, 28p. I'm thinking, I just missed out on 28p and he's risen up to a peak of £9. Everyone's buzzing on the timeline on Twitter. Everyone's getting carried away. You know, can't wait for the dividends the next morning. But then a week goes by and he's down at like £6.40 now. And I'm buying back into him now today. And last week I thought that was a terrible trade. Now it's turned out to be a good trade. So you just don't know what's gonna happen. Like you've just got to take it day by day. Um, but unlike <laughs> the contrary to that, you also have to try and zoom out and maybe have a look at trades, not purely based on their price fluctuations every single day, and look at how how you've performed maybe over a few months or even a year. Um, because things on Football Index can just change so quickly. And you don't know whether selling Sancho at a certain price is going to be a good trade for, for like another few months. Like it might be a bad trade one day and then be a good trade the next day.
2: I think as well, it's important to focus on probabilities and not on real, real results. Cause what was the probability that Sancho was going to win like and you were going to be wrong and it was going to go up to nine pounds? It was probably like at least one in fifty. And so the other 49 outcomes, it would have just fallen down to six pounds anyway, and you wouldn't have even thought that it was a bad trade for a day or two mm. so you know what actually happens and what was likely to happen the more important thing is trading on based based on what was likely to happen yeah that's
0: a great point and like on that day Sancho did actually only hit like a 2-3-6 which isn't even yeah. like the best score like a midfielder like today it's another gold star match day and you've got a two nine two up there and a three two five like Golovin and Teji Sabanilla so Sancho's not even coming close if it was just another match day basically
2: yeah, exactly. It's a lot of luck involved. So you can't really focus on the outcomes. You have to just focus on probabilities. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So then, uh, next question, another one from Steve-O here. Um, how do you find value on Football Index? Already touched on this quite a bit, uh, but how do you actually go about like researching? Maybe what tools do you use to go and find the players that like, you think are most valuable on Football Index?
1: Well... Uh, before the data center and all those types of things came out I just listened to you guys on the pod uh, <laughs> which I shouldn't really admit it's probably why I bought Odegaard at £4.15 um, but since since I've since I've kind of learned a lot a lot more then yeah I use the tools that are available the data center as you know I recently signed up to to edge as well and I definitely didn't Value. I guess I didn't realize the value that those tools actually have when you can very easily compare players, and it does take a little bit of, you know, like what Kevin was saying. It takes a little bit of that, um, of that, um, getting too attached to a holdout of it, because you can look at a player and say, right, okay, well, I might like really like him, but I want to buy players in this bracket, and he's overvalued now, so I have to sell him, and I can buy this other cheap one. But traditionally, in my port, I like to buy players that are under the age of kind of twenty-six playing in in a pb league i don't hold anybody that's not in a pb league um and the majority of them um majority of them will play european football and i've got the euros and those types of things coming up um because i want to earn divs because it's a nice feeling so yeah that's that's kind of what what i'm doing mainly um at the moment as i mentioned on the pod when i was on uh before i i had mainly players that were capital appreciation which is a little bit hard to do right now um so yeah i've mainly got dividend winners under the age of 26 playing in pb leagues
0: yeah standard stuff there um i i for me it's it's a case of like what's their potential in a couple of years time because i'm looking at the top 100 now and i think most of those players aren't going to be in the top 100 in a year or two so i guess for me the main thing is like Let's have a look at their player ranking. If, if you got Vlasic, like 500. and I'm sorry to bring him up, but it's got to be
1: <laughs> I knew I was <laughs> <waiting for> it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you got Vlasic, like the 500th most expensive player or whatever he is. In my opinion, he's going to be in the top 100 most expensive players on Football Index in, in two years' time. So that's kind of why I'm buying him. Um, it's probably not the best way to value a player, but I just there's so much uncertainty around where like, Football Index is going to be in terms of like, what are the dividend is going to be what territories we're gonna go into, there's just so much uncertainty. I'm not the biggest fan of looking into like what sort of returns is this player gonna return because things just change so quickly. Like Trent Alexander Arnold being taken off corners and Robertson taking set pieces results in Trent earning like half as much in dividends. Um, So how can you make career dividend estimations based on like one season when Liverpool are dominant and then the season after they run out of energy and they're losing 4-1 to City? So it's a really tough thing to do um, to value a player. But for me personally, I'm probably having a look at like where I actually just think they're going to be in those rankings. And that does come down to their matchday immediate dividend potential and I look into a lot of statistics and um, look at their base scores, look how many goals assists they're getting as well, and just kind of try and make a very, very rough estimate. But I don't personally believe in... You, I, I just don't think you can actually make that great estimates on, like, how valuable a player is on Football Index. Um, and I think that's partly what caught some people out when they were buying, like, Sancho at 15 quid, because he'd earn like, two quid in a month or whatever, and then people were extrapolating that data and saying that like, he going to be a £50 player. I, I don't buy any of that, so that's my opinion, um, and yeah, I, I just think you guys just go with it and try and try and find the most valuable players based on who you're gonna who's gonna return the most in a few seasons' time. But it also depends on like whether you go long term or short term trader, I and mean, there's so many variables to take into
2: account. Uh, but yeah, interest your views on this one, Kevin. For me, the the thing that I focus on is always what what needs to change for the p- price to change, and you know how likely are those things. So for Trent as an example I don't own Trent and I never I don't think I've ever held Trent but now that he's lost corners his price has dropped and and it's affected his PB so what needs to change for him to decrease in price now probably needs to get injured probably just needs to start playing badly that's that's pretty much it but what what's the upside he could potentially get back on corners and in the future he could be on corners and free kicks and penalties and, you know he could be on everything because he's just good at set pieces mm. and he's going to get better as he gets older so like the that's the kind of things I think about with players. Like I mentioned on the pod yesterday about Donny van der Beek. I'm I, like, that's kind of my theory there. I'm like, what needs to change for Donny's price to go lower? I mean, he, he basically has to be shot. And, and, you know, <laughs> like, I don't understand. You know, he's, he's at man United. He's a, he's a class young player plays for the Dutch national team. Like he's not going to be there forever if he's not playing. So he's either going to start playing or he's going to get a move. So if I don't see many downside risks and I see a lot of upside, because even if he gets a transfer, I feel like he'll get some media. So like, that's the kind of things I think about. And with Sancho, like when he was 15 pounds, that, that was kind of my point. I, for my, I did used to have a Patreon and I wrote a post about um, Sancho because I was like, be, be wary because what, what needs to change in the positive for Sancho's price to keep going? He has to become basically Neymar or Messi. And, you know, that's not an easy task. And what's the downside? He gets injured. He starts playing badly. Like there's so many risks. But now I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I think he's good value now because he is a good player, and there's a huge upside from from where he is in terms of the number of dividends he can win in the future. But at fifteen pound, I didn't really feel at fifteen pound before the dividend increase. I don't really know if that was before or after he was at fifteen pound. But I wouldn't have been confident at those prices.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely before, and one of the main reasons he actually rose that much was because he was earning media. When they're like this media promotion on because there's no football because of the global pandemic, because he's getting linked to Manchester United. Like literally everything went well for him, like literally perfectly. um So it, it was a bit crazy. But yeah, I completely agree. Like Trent and Sancho now, like at their prices, below seven quid. You know, I'm, I'm buying them. I think they're great value. Um, Trent's PB is still amazing, literally comes up above the trend line in almost every data that I look at, like every every dashboard that I'm looking at. Um, today, he was a bit dodgy, like in defence against Sterling, but on the ball, he was terrific. Like a few really nice crosses, a few great switches, I thought. But yeah, Sterling kind of tore him apart, which I thought was quite interesting. And it'll be, I think like the Euros are going to be really exciting because just watching that Liverpool City game, there's like just so many England players involved. Like, even like Curtis Jones coming through, he looked decent. You never know, he could make the England side as well. Um And obviously, Foden is looking unbelievable. Sterling was class, in my opinion, uh, and and Trent showed his potential as always. So, yeah, I wonder who will be starting at the Euros. Uh, Right then, uh, about 15 minutes left, so we'll get into a few more questions then. Um, Here's a good question from Joe in the Discord. Oxley-Chamberlain, Jesse Lingard, or Ross Barkley? And that was just the question, really, but we'll probably apply it to Football Index. Which one are you buying? And I've had a look look at their prices Chamberlain is 30p, uh, Jesse Lingard is 50p, and then we have the other one, Ross Barclay, sandwiched in the middle at 40p. So which one are you having in your portfolio? Uh,
1: Well, I'm going to go for option D, and I'm not going to have any of them. Um, I I don't... Jesse Lingard is not a very good footballer. I'm sorry, he's not. He's not at that price anyway either, definitely. Um, Ox doesn't play enough. I don't think. I think, he, you know, it's very potential that he could come on and uh, if he got a run of games or he started a Champions League game, he could have a rise. But is he going to get ahead of the other midfielders on Curtis Jones now? I doubt it. Um, Ross Barkley is made of quavers. He's always injured. So I'm not buying any of them. Really sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fair play. Um, sorry. Kevin, who are you going for out of those three? Definitely Barkley. Um, for me, I actually like. Like Barkley, I think he's a good player. And I think he's been playing well at Aston Villa when he's played. He played really well in that game against Liverpool. And it's it's actually a funny loan where he's gone to the white, one of the only teams that he wouldn't be on set pieces as a Grealish.
0: Yeah, that's like unlucky.
2: He, he was in a different team. He probably would be taking set pieces. Um, he took penalties and free kicks at, at Chelsea when Jorginho uh, wasn't on. He was taking penalties. And I think... William or some of the others do take free kicks as well, but he was definitely one of the players who does. Mm. And, and I actually owned him last, I think the start of last season, I, I watched him pre-season and he played really well and I bought him about a pound and he had a really good start to the season went up to like £1.80 and I sold him. But um, yeah, I, I actually would, like I've been considering buying Barkley anyway. The other yeah. two, I don't think are worth anything. Like I mean, Ox is one of them players where maybe he comes back and wins some dividends, but I feel like it's just a, a complete shot in the dark. I don't have any evidence to show that it's likely to happen, whereas with Barkley, I feel like there's a bit of evidence at least.
0: Yeah, fair play. Yeah, I I had a look at Oxley chamberlain and he did actually hit a couple of scores that were decent at one point, but yeah, it's just the game time and he's so injury-prone as well. He's been struggling kind of throughout his career and for me, this question... I'm going to just have like quite a a personal answer to it. It's based on like Sheffield Wednesday in the past because (laughs) Jesse Lingard, when he was on loan in the championship, he put four past us. This was like probably about 10 years ago now. And I've I've hated him ever since. Uh, Just have because we got hammered 4-0, I think. So I've never liked Lingard. And obviously, he's just a bit of a melt as well, just in general, like on social media and everything. So never really been a big fan. He's obviously gone to West Ham, scored a brace in his last game with the game-winning goal, and he's had a great performance there and um, so it looks like he's doing all right but he shot up in price because of that which put me off him even further in terms of the football index holds i Chamberlain I bought a few of him um not that many to be honest but I bought a few of him at like 29p the other day and um, just because I fancied a bit of a punt mm-hmm. and if he breaks back into Liverpool side then you know he might have a 20% rise quite easily but I'm, I'm not really interested in him to be honest there's only a few shares and then yeah Ross is the man for me absolutely um Ipswich away about six or seven years ago. He's on loan at Sheffield Wednesday and I've gone off to watch Ipswich away because my granddad lives there and he's gone and scored a brace for us. A couple of brilliant goals and we won 3-0. Absolutely fantastic away day. So I've loved him ever since. And yes, yeah, he's him a fair bit like the last couple of seasons and at times he looks absolutely unbelievable. I think in an English shirt he's been all right as well. I mean, some of those progressive runs going forward, dribbling past plenty of men. I think on his day, he's a great player. Um, don't hold him at the moment, not really intending to. But out of the three, he's, he is the pick of the bunch for me. And I think on his day, he can be a brilliant player. And in terms of football index, that's what you want because he's got peak PB scores written all over him. If Realish got injured at some point, yeah, maybe he's on set pieces and he rises, hits some high scores. So yeah, it's Ross Bartley for me. Um, I'd have to agree with you there, Kevin. So next question, we're going to go for um, a, bit, a very similar one to, to before actually about valuing a player criteria for buying a player? And I feel like you've kind of answered this one. Um, You've both kind of answered this one, but any any final thoughts on how you... Do you have like a criteria? Do they need to be a certain age? Do they need to be playing in Europe? Do they need to be in a PB League? Anything like that? I I feel like you've both kind of said your answers on this, uh, which kind of vary, but interested to just hear it again, really, if you did have any additional points. Uh,
1: No, like I said, for me, most of them are under the age of 26. PB League... Uh, in in Europe, I don't I don't think there's many players that I hold in my pool, other than other than like the Bristol City players, but I don't, I don't really count them. <laughs> they're in like they're in like a whole you know different bargain basement section now. Um, other than that, yeah, they're they're all under twenty six PB Europe. Um, yeah, when when the market is
2: more competitive, so when, before the crashes, when it was much harder to find value, then I used to the the criteria. I don't have any criteria in terms of. Age or anything like that. The only thing I did is I compare. I always compare people of the same age uh, and in the the same position to, to try and find whoever is the best value in that category. Because I feel like you can find value in any category, really. Mm. If also, some categories you might feel are just completely under undervalued on their own. But um, so that's what I would do. It's not necessarily like I will. I'll buy David Silva. I'll buy Frank Ribery if I feel if I see the right price. and I feel like every single player on the index. Has a, a price that I think they're worth, and they're either below that or above that. And if they're far enough below, then I'll take a punt on it because yeah. you know, you're not going to win every single bet, but you, you as long as you get the right percentage of them, that's like with David Silver we were talking about yesterday. 15p doesn't matter that he's old or like even if he wasn't playing in Europe, I'd probably still still buy him. Yeah, fair play. I'd say, like, one thing I've seen over the last few seasons on Twitter
0: is this, like, checklist. And I once saw this checklist by a trader. I can't remember who, but it literally had hundreds of likes and, like, loads of retweets on Twitter, and everyone was saying, yeah, it's amazing. And it was a checklist that basically was, like, BB League, Europe, Euros, set pieces, peak score over 200, maybe average over 100, um, plays every game, blah, blah, blah. And... Don't get me wrong, I think it is important to hold players who already look like they've got a good chance of earning dividends. But my only worry with making these checklists and having a real set criteria for players is that often those players will already have a high price and you're paying a premium because of their past data. And so you do need to be having a look at that upside as well. So, you know, I'm not saying buy riskier players because especially with the removal of instant sell and the order book system, you need to focus on intrinsic value, and it will depend on your risk preferences. But at the same time, if you're buying, I don't know, um, like Golovin today, so he's had a great game, and he's hit a 3 2 you and know, he's in form. People are going to buy into him because he's hit a few high-peak scores. But if you look at him, and he's over £2 now, and then you've got other areas of the market where players are like, like of Barrett, I don't know, 80p, and he's returns probably just as much as Golovin. And Barrow is like three years younger. For me, the upside's greater in Barrow than uh, Golovin, but Golovin takes a lot more boxes. So, yeah, it's, it comes down to price, and, and that's the most important thing, really. Um, that's just my opinion, and that's what makes the market so great. So a lot of people would say that, you know, Golovin's a much better hold because maybe maybe he does take more boxes, but it is the upside so high because he's he's already doubled the price? I'm not so sure. Um, next question, another great one from Pizarro top three trades on football index uh, i'm going to enjoy answering this one myself I, over to you fellas
1: uh yeah so my best three trades i'm actually going to put the photo one in there because that was just such a it happened in like a week and it you know 60 percent in a week or whatever was brilliant the other one i think i mentioned it again on my pod last time buying that robbie Matunda a quid and selling him at one pound 44 I'm so sorry for ever bought him at £1.44 for me. <laughs> um, and the other one was. I think um, that was my
0: granddad, you know. My granddad bought <laughs> me the other week and was like, i bought some Rango So he's probably oh, no. bought me £1.44, to be
1: honest. <laughs> well, if he did, I'm so sorry. Uh, and then the other one was um, that Gomez that left Man United. Um, I made like 14% just on the fact that he was leaving Man United and he was linked to Chelsea. Uh, again i bought him i instantly put him up for sale um and then he sold within a couple of days for 14 percent profit it was exactly what i intended to do with with that with that particular player um and obviously it's panned out quite quite well with how the market's gone so yeah those are probably the three ones that i look back on and i executed what i wanted to do very efficiently
2: what about you kevin um i think my three it took me a while to think of these but i'm pretty happy with what i came up with so i'm there was Munir El Hadadi. I made a video about him. I think he was about maybe 50 to 70p or something when I made the video. And then he won, I think he was at one point he, he was like top three dividend earners for this season last year. Um and I'm pretty sure he won like three star men gold days or something like that. And then I sold him at about £1.40, I think, eventually. So I've won like maybe 50p in dividends and then sold him. So I, I think I made like 300 percent on that. But I was happy because I made the video, and whenever I make a video, I want the people who watch, if they do buy him, to to make some money. And the same with Max Horkone, I bought, I made a video when he was about seventy-five p, and I think he won Top Man and Star Man two weeks in a row. Um, and then I I did sell out at that price, I, you know, but at least anyone who bought the followed the video would have done the same. And then I think he won dividends again earlier this year, so sometimes. So. And then the third one's Pogba, just because. At the time, he was winning dividends every day and I was trying to like figure out what to do. And I was like, I just don't understand how Pogba is not the most expensive player on the market because it was when the Mourinho stuff was going on. So I just put like a, a big portion of my funds at the time, maybe like 30 40% of my money into Pogba. And since then, he's returned 100% of his value in, in dividends. And even with the market crash, he's still about the same price I paid for him. So that's... Uh, you know, I feel like that I made it for all the right reasons. Things didn't go well in terms of Pogba's ability and his play and him moving and things like that. But I still think it was a, a good trade. And I, at the time, if I'd have known it was going to go that well, I probably would have just put all my money in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair play. I think like what's quite interesting too
0: about all of your different trades there is that there's quite a lot of price rises on the back of either dividend wins or speculation. So you got like Angel Gomez going to Chelsea that results in like a forty percent rise or whatever. Um, you got know, like Sancho this week there's been a bit of speculation around him with Man United and the market just kind of rising again and then with, with your, a lot of your players like Borne or El Haddad they've won dividends and I'm guessing you've probably sold them at some point Kevin and you've made a profit on them because they've won dividends and then you've realised okay they're now overpriced because you've bought them when they were underpriced before they were going to earn dividends they earn dividends they become overpriced and you sell them that's the way to do it really Um and my three players were all purely speculation, to be honest. And um, so yeah, my, mine were. I've gone for Anthony Gordon. He's just one I just love to reminisce. I was actually in Liverpool at the time, and he's an Everton youth player. Woke up pretty hungover after a good night out with a couple of mates at Liverpool Uni, uh, and decided I think I was I think I was drunk still. Um, so just went and bought five five hundred Anthony Gordon, and he was like fifteen p or something stupid. He was so cheap back then, and he was only like seventeen. Um, and I, I just watched him on YouTube and he scored some absolutely amazing goals and he was banging them in. And I thought, yeah, in a three years' time, he could be a good player. And he has had a few starts actually this season. Um, but yeah, I ended up selling him for like 40p or something like a few weeks later. There's just a really high percentage uh, trade, really. And then Jaden Sancho last week. Um, yeah, I, I think I've not really thought about that trade too much. Um, well, I spoke about it a lot. But actually, it probably was one of my best trades because it was within like space for a few weeks and he's gone up like almost 100% or so uh, what i sold him for anyway so that, that was actually a pretty decent trade and then my all-time favorite has to be Dejan Klozeski 36p because I watched him you know banged on about that one for three just now but I put that one in the Facebook group and I was showing off like I've bought a thousand shares of this player everyone buy him now because he's going to be the next big <laughs> thing and like no one had ever heard of him like he's off playing under 18 football for Parma like or no he's no for atlanta at the time wasn't it yeah he went on loan to palmer but yeah he's he's for atlanta under 19 so i just watched a few videos on him i was thinking to be fair this guy looked insane and then about 12 months later he's flying because he's playing well for palmer and now he's at juve so ended up a good trade um and i remember pointing on twitter as well about that one retweeting this in six months time just bought dejan colors for 36p and then i was able to retweet it in six months time at like a two or three hundred percent rise so it, it just made my profile look good, probably helped me get a few followers or whatever. It's just purely egotistical. Um, but yeah, I
2: enjoyed that one so now I have one extra <laughs> one actually. Go on, I, I want one more because there was one video that I made on William last year and I got so much abuse in the comments about William. <laughs> and William. And I was like, I made it, I was like, Did you even watch the video? Like, I'm not saying he's going to be the Ballon d'Or winner, I'm just saying he's too cheap for what the, like his situation because he's running out of contract at the end of the year and then he won like a lot of dividends i think he won like 100 percent in match day dividends and then made like another 100 percent in um media dividends and then also increased in price like 300 percent. so that yeah. was a that was a good one. <laughs> oh
0: it, it's class when they come off like yeah and really definitely was one of the biggest like dividend earners uh dividend yields anyway last season like i remember looking into it and i was like wow this guy's incredible i actually tipped him the other week as well and um, in like a Well, I didn't really buy myself, but I I saw him. um, He just came up really highly on peak scores versus price because he's at like 20p now or something stupid at Arsenal. Having a shocker there. So I don't know if it will ever work out for him, to be honest, at Arsenal. But he's just so cheap now. And he does suit the PB matrix. Like, he has got high scores in him. uh, But at this point, he is just a punt, to be honest. So it's it's a real gamble. And if it comes off, you know, there could be a 200% return there or he doesn't return dividends again and he's, he's worthless. So you just don't know. Um, but yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there because I know you've got to go soon. Kevin, uh, there's one or two more questions, but maybe we'll do this um, again next week and we can ask them
2: then. I have actually got time now. I'll put it off for half an hour, so it's up to you. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I told them to wait till half 12. All right. That, that's great. Cheers. Um, I was a
0: little bit reluctant to ask this one, but you know, I, I just think we'll go for it. So, fellas, them with anyone from Football Index. Uh, you've got... Football players, you know, you could choose anyone on the market. you got FI Towers or Football Index Trader. And this is a pretty weird question from Steve-O, but I'm not going to lie. It it did make me chuckle when I first read it. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, Let's hear your answers.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll go sensible and I I will go players because there is you you never quite know who's behind the avatar on Twitter. So I don't want to go saying names and I have no idea who they really are. Um, So I'm going to go for three players. I'll go Kimmich, Bruno, because they're just unbelievable dividend winners. And then I'll go as an outside punt. I'm going to go Adam Webster, Brighton centre-back. Outside chance of getting into the England side. Um, and I think you can pick him up for about 20-odd P. So I don't think that would be, if I was going to have three players, in one is a bit of a punt for a threesome, I'm going to put him in there as well. I don't actually think he's a bad-looking lad uh as well so I could, I could tip that one off uh from a threesome list as well nice was it
0: was webster at Bristol city at one point
1: yeah 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 we, we got him in from ipswich for a couple of million, and then we sold him on for like twenty-five million. He's our record sale. He's brilliant at bringing the the ball out from the back. He's got a great pass on him, and yeah, there 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 has been rumours that he is uh, Southgate has watched him. Um, and he's you know he's he's in the line for for an England call up. He isn't going to go to the Euros. I'm not I'm not that silly. I think there mm. are better players better players than him, but I could easily uh, see him getting a call up for um, you know, for a friendly um and those types of things so yeah i'll just pick him because it's a bit of an interesting bit of an interesting question so i'll put i'll put a cheeky little punt in there yeah
2: i'd
0: like to hear it and, and, and yourself Gavin?
2: yeah i was trying to decide how i'm going to answer this in terms <laughs> of what what the, what the context of the question is i think i'll go for the three players that or the three trades i would like to take back because <laughs> nice. i thought that would be interesting but i definitely <laughs> would like to take back my alex garcia trade uh, which I, I went like super heavy into him. Like, I don't know why. I just like lost my mind one day. And <laughs> was like obsessed with trying to find value or potential players who were going to, who could like rise a lot because I think it was early on in the youth boom. And I was like, okay, these players are, are kind of potentials for the next youth boom or something like that. So that was one terrible one. And I've still got all them I'm just waiting for him to break through at Ibar bar and hopefully become a world beater. Oh, um, <laughs> Eric Gutierrez at PSV is another one who doesn't even get on the bench really for, for PSV and I was convinced that he was going to be the next big thing <laughs> and then uh, I think the third one probably uh, Vieto who which I feel a bit hard done by in his he went to I think he went to Saudi Arabia or something but he was I watched him play against United live at, when he was playing for Fulham and he was a good player and I thought he was on loan from Atletico and um, and then he went to sport in Lisbon and he nearly won dividends one day in uh, Europa League. He nearly won a star man because I think he came second, but the, someone else beat him as a forward. And then he's gone to Saudi Arabia and he's virtually worthless now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've seen him the other day with a buy
0: price of 7p and I I was going to look into it thinking, geez, he could be some value. And then I just thought, no, there's no chance. Something's gone seriously wrong here. Um, But yeah, that was a weird take on the question, Kevin. I think the question was actually, what's your dream FI threesome? I probably should have asked it better, but I feel like you've gone for the worst threesome ever.
2: Well, and, and I don't, yeah, because I don't really, I don't understand the question unless it's like, who do you want to have sex with? And I don't know, I don't want to answer that. So <laughs>
0: that's fair play. Um, I mean, you may as well just, yeah, make your own take on that question. Um, I think there's various ways that you could answer that one. And um, for me, I, yeah, I'm just going to go for the place that I like the most. And I've actually read it again. yeah, the question was, what's your FI threesome? feel free to interpret how you like. So, I mean, you know, you did interpret how you like. Um, But, yeah, because it's threesome, I'm thinking now that it means I'm involved as well. So, there should actually be two other people. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so technically... We've we've all just made it a foursome.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, why not? Um, More the merrier. Uh, No, so I'm going to go... I'm just going to go straight up with uh, the two players I like the most. And so, yeah, it's going to be at the minute. Is it's got to be Nikola Vlasic, obviously. Like that's probably to be expected, you know. And um, then the other player, I'm I'm going to go for the player who's I've recently bought quite a fair bit of, and I'm hoping that he'll do something special tonight. Kylian Mbappe. I just I don't know. I just feel like he's got such great upside. Dividends aren't really there at the minute, but I don't know. You've either got like a transfer, got the euros, will Cup. He's actually hit a fair few scores, over 200. I don't think he's a bad player at all. I've just bought some four pounds, and we'll see what happens with that one. Um, and you could definitely have a look at the past data and say Sancho's is a much better player in terms of football index. But I feel like Mbappe's got a real big upside. So, yeah, we're going to get Mbappe involved. Neither of them players are particularly good-looking, um, especially not keen on keen on Vlasic's big, bushy beard. I wouldn't really like to get that involved uh, for me personally. But yeah, we'll, we'll look at them as as players rather than people. Actually, want to have sex with? Because I definitely don't have sex with you for them guys. I, I don't have sex with anyone, to be honest.
2: Like any, any guys. Uh, so yeah, All so, right, so, uh, there's not even any questions
0: left. So I'll I've got I've questions.
2: got a question just based on what you just said. Who do you think is going to be the best player out like football and not Fi wise? Who do you think is going to be the best footballer out of Sancho Mbappe and Holland? I, I
1: think, think uh, it's hard yeah. for me. Holland. Holland. For me. Yeah, for me oh, I don't know
2: I mean Haaland
0: Haaland's like a beast and so physically he's one of the best out of the three I mean the other two are absolutely rapid but Haaland's like big as well and that really like helps him now at a young age um, tactically as well Haaland's already got like the positioning the movement the finishing it's struggling to see how Haaland gets that much better I mean he could maybe grow into Lewandowski who's finishing even even better Um. And Mbappe, I think his potential is probably probably higher because he's got the pace and he's got the dribbling, got a bit more agility and he's got the finishing and the run making, uh, and he, he's got a bit of everything. And then and then Sancho is probably uh, I don't know. S- Sancho looks incredible. He's he's confident, but I've not seen Sancho perform well enough against best teams yet. So that that's my concern with Sancho is that his best performances, a lot of them are against. Some of the weaker teams in, in the Bundesliga who just aren't really that good. Mbappe, I guess you could question some of his performances, but I thought he was outstanding at the World Cup a few years ago. So, yeah, for me, it's Mbappe, and probably just because he's a bit more proven on the international stage than the other two at this point.
2: Um, so, yeah, what about you, Kevin? I think Haaland is the one that I look at and I'm like, that's he's like a phenomenon. Like I, I remember when I first found out who he was because he scored nine goals in a youth game and I watched his, his finishing and I was like, it doesn't matter what keeper he's against. He's putting them away. Like, and I started watching videos of him and I couldn't believe how good his finishing was. And and I do th- like, to me, I see like Sancho is equivalent to Neymar. I feel like Mbappe is more like Ronaldo. And I think uh, Haaland's like Lewandowski, but I do think that he could potentially be the best finisher that ever played the game. If he, mm-hmm. you know, if he keeps going the way he is, because, His his instincts and his his finishing are just insane. But I I don't feel like there's anyone who's like Messi. That's the funny thing because I was thinking of it that way, and I was like, there is no Messi. There's no one. I I think Foden's
0: most like Messi. though. like his agility today. Like, did you see when he went past those two Liverpool players? He just like glided past them with so much ease. Yeah. But yeah, he's probably. I don't know if he'll ever be on that level. But out of like elite youth, yeah,
2: Foden probably resembles Messi the most. I'd say. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. I, I always said that he plays like David Silva a bit when I first started watching him and or Xabi, or Iniesta, but he, he definitely doesn't play like an English person, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> no, no. He's, he's got a bit of pace to him as well. I mean, he absolutely did Fabinho at one point, um, like just for pace. I mean, is not that fast, but yeah, he has got a bit of pace. I think um, Haaland, you're completely right on just like instincts. That That's something that can't really be taught and that's an yeah. interesting thing. Although I guess Mbappe came through at such a young age as well. Like he was playing, scoring so many goals when he was like 18 or 19 at, at Monaco, weren't he? So
1: yeah,
0: uh, it's it's a tough I'm not one. Gonna
1: say, I'm not gonna say I've seen every goal that Holland's ever scored, but I don't think I've ever seen him score like a lucky goal. Do you know what I mean? He he doesn't he doesn't score just the like rebound off the post where it hits his knee and goes in. Every single goal that I've ever seen him score, I just know he means it. He's either in the right place at the right time, and and he's worked that space for himself, or he's just absolutely levering it in the back of the net. I I, ju- I just like 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 Kevin said, I believe he really has the potential to probably be one of the best finishers that we've that we've that we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what I'd say though about the three, and if we're looking at like who's going to be the best in the world, is we need to have a think about. Who's actually going to create opportunities themselves? And Halland, I don't know. Like he, he's obviously when you get him on the ball, he's gonna do well, he's gonna finish well. But he's in a really creative side. Like Dortmund do make quite a few chances overall. They have quite a lot of possession. If you put Halland in like a bottom half Premier League side, and then you switch in Mbappe or Sancho, I feel like Mbappe and Sancho are doing better in a weaker side than Haland is.
1: Yeah, but if Holland gets the rumoured move to Man City, I, d- I don't know how much damage he could do in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, none of them are ever going to end up at like West Brom or Sheffield United, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's not happening. But uh, but yeah, I, I just wonder, you know, maybe, maybe Sancho is the one, because he's a midfielder, He's maybe getting on the ball a little bit more than the other two. In terms of PB, anyway, I think he's the best. Uh, but I know, I know your question wasn't really related to PB necessarily love just, no, just be 100. the best
2: like I definitely think Sancho is probably the best for PB and the like the first time I ever watched Sancho highlights I did think he played like Neymar straight away and mm.
1: um,
2: I've not watched that much of him because uh, German football is the only football that I can't get in Canada because it's like $30 a month and all the others are like $20 for two leagues instead of $30 for one so I just don't bother watching German football that much anymore <clears throat> so I've, I've not seen him that much recently but I think that's probably why I'm a bit more biased against him because I don't look his highlights up or anything. And yeah. Harland, I used to run him, so I used to watch a lot of his highlights.
0: Yeah did did you um did you buy him on the day of that nine nil Honduras Honduras under nineteen game? I I bought him. Did I tell you about that? No. Right. So so I I was in work right, and uh I, I think I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but. Yeah, his second goal went in and he was ATP on Football Index. And I went in heavily on it, bought a few hundred. And I told my mate Josh, who was sat next to me at work, who was just on Football Index as well, I said, just put everything in Harland right now. And he put everything <laughs> in. And Honduras were down to 10 men, right? And I just thought, yeah, he's going to get goals. And it was 30 minutes in and do it, he scored two goals, playing a really terrible under-19 game. Um, no one else is watching it on the market. So he, he hadn't risen in price at all. I was following it in work. It was, it was midday as well. So it must have been like three o'clock or something silly. Um, so, yeah, I just went in heavily. I think it was under 20 World Cup and we went on to score seven more goals. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what if <laughs> it's happened? It's like the most lucky thing ever that he went on to score seven more. And then he had a 30% rise, went up to £1. 20, And then this is where the story falls down because obviously on that rise, when he went up to about £1. 10 or £1. 20 or whatever it was, I was like, all right, we're cashing out now. <laughs> I sold them all. I um, had like £1. 10 or £1.20. I don't know if I've even ever bought him back into it but I absolutely would I held on to his hundreds of uh, Halland shares at that price following that game uh, yeah it definitely pays to do, do a bit of a uh, watching of like young players especially when there is attention on them um, in like these rare games because you can get a bit of an edge in watching them in those games or at least following what they're up to then you might just beat the market for timing alone because there's not that many traders on football index in my opinion yeah yeah Anyway, we'll wrap it up there. So thank you both for coming on. Uh, we might do this podcast again sometime if listeners do enjoy it. Um, I probably won't edit out the weird parts of me saying weird stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm young, so I'll, I'll learn from it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> any final words, either of you? And where, where do we find you on Twitter? Do you want to, like, give yourselves a plug or anything like
1: that? Yeah, so you can find me, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty confident it's Matt underscore Dicks 93 on, on Twitter. Uh, not much else for me just looking forward to seeing what this announcement is on the 20th see what that brings
0: ah yeah absolutely less than two weeks now should be quite Mm. interesting bit of uncertainty at the minute in the market a few drops but it's only natural we spoke about that a bit yesterday Kevin Uh, any final words from yourself
2: yeah I'm not I'm not I think most people probably follow me on Twitter already but it's a pretty boring follow so I'm not going to plug myself because I don't really (laughs) put anything on there uh, yeah just pray for Barrow that's all I need from you Oh, yeah, love that.
0: I, I hope he wins now as well. I really do. Um, although if I'm Bappy wins, I won't complain because I've got more Mbappe Bappy now. Uh, yeah, cheers for coming on the podcast. Thank you to everyone listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day.